You're now listening to the Hudson Valley Transmitter Podcast. Ryan Danisco, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. How you doing, man? I'm good. It's all right. Came through the back door. Yeah, you did. <laughs> always the good the good guests come through the back door. Awesome. Yeah, I never know which way. I always sit out front, like you know, uh, near the front, because I always think people are going to pull up that way. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes people surprise me and they come in through the back. Well, it looks like there's no parking in the front. Yeah, and that's why I didn't I didn't know if I should just park there. I should have told you. You could just park in the front, but I, I, oh, I, I, can? I, I omitted that. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't do any good now. Um, so where are you coming from, man? Where do you, where do you live? I live over in Ridgeberry. Where's that? In Orange County, like, um, Middletown, right outside Middletown, Slate Hill. Okay, cool. I'm not that familiar with that, uh, location. Exit three W or three E right where the power plant is going in the CPV power plant. Okay. I don't know. I'm not familiar with that either. All right. Yeah. Um, so, but you're from South Carolina. No, I'm from up here. Oh, you're from up here. From up here. Did you live in South Carolina? I lived in South Carolina okay. for, I think, like five five years. So, uh, you're from here, and then you migrated down there with your folks? No, I went to college down there. Oh, you went to college down there? Yeah. And uh, how was that experience down there? Is that when you got into comedy? Right after, you... Yeah, right after college, I started doing comedy like four weeks after I graduated. And I went to Myrtle Beach. That's yeah. sort of like Coastal Carolina University. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, I haven't. It's a small little school. Yeah. You haven't heard of any places? I no, went? no, no. <laughs> I didn't do any research. No, it's fine, man. It's fine. I lived, um, yeah, I started doing comedy right after college. That's cool. Um, and what did you go to college for? Middle school education. Okay, so this is totally different than <laughs> what you went to school for. Close. Or is it not? No, not not too far off. You're getting in front of people and talking, I guess. Yeah, so and trying to that. get their attention. Is it um, easier to get adults' attention, or or when you're, because you, when you're teaching, I guess a middle school class, you're kind of you have to like you're in front of the room, and they have no choice but to listen to right. you. Right, you you'd think that, <laughs> but sometimes um, I think uh, I've only done adults now for like the last eight years, and the kids were only really like a couple. That sounds weird. Yeah. I did the adults now the kids, <laughs> but the you know that that was so small my time with with the students yeah yeah but that helped me be transition like, into yeah into, into adults did you did you uh uh like teaching were you into teaching i i was into the teaching part yeah i was just not into the whole administration yeah their rules kind of thing bureaucracy and shit like that I, yeah. yeah but the teaching was fun that's cool, man. Um, so you're, you just graduated college mm-hmm. and what, did you always have that kind of lurking in the back of your mind that you wanted to get into comedy? Mm-hmm. Especially around like the last semester. Yeah. That's really when I started like writing jokes and having jokes, telling them to my like roommates and then thinking I'll do this someday. But an opportunity happened one time, just, I was at a karaoke night and this guy's like, do you want to come to my comedy show? And I was like, can I be on your comedy show? That takes a lot of balls, man. I was pretty drunk. Yeah. <laughs> so I said it. Yeah. I didn't think they let me on, but they did. And then, boom, took off from there. Um, Were you nervous as hell the first time? Oh, yeah. Nervous yeah. every time, but the so first time, yeah. You just got liquored up and you're like, fuck it, I'm just going to do it. I had maybe like two drinks and then I was only up there for seriously, I feel like 90 seconds. I did four or five jokes and was they did well and I peaced out. You get left on a high note. I did, yeah. And I was like, well, that was exciting. And each time I just went back, I just added one more joke. Uh, Do you remember any of the jokes? 
sadly I did. Or is it was it like a blackout? <laughs> um, <laughs> I blackout drunk. I kind of no 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 I wasn't drunk. <laughs> it was just enough to go like all right, I'll just get in front of these yeah, thirty just to people. Yeah, loosen up a little bit. Yeah, it's only four jokes. They were really yeah. short. Um, are you like what's your process for writing jokes? Like, do you how do jokes come to you? Do you hear shit that people are talking about conversation? Like, I'm sure there's you know, uh, all different ways that you formulate a joke, but do you sit down and actually like actively try and write jokes like daily? How does that work? Um, what I do on stage is I'll write, well, experiences will happen to me and I'll just try and tell that like a story. Yeah. And I used to write jokes, but then I don't know. I like storytelling more. So now I just kind of think about how to tell a better story. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think so. Each time I tell it, I, I, I like it more. I, I listen, and then I'll say, all right, this, this is not working. No one likes listening to this story, or I'm onto something here, and keep working at it. So but you, I used to write things, but I don't know. It's just not your style. It doesn't really work for you as well. Maybe I'm just lazy. Yeah. That could possible. be it. A lot of writers are. Yeah. yeah including my, myself. Um. So you kind of gauge the audience's feedback into whether you're going to use a joke again, mm-hmm. Definitely. you know, like yeah. if it, if it kills and you know, it's, um, does that vary like depending on the room? Like you, it's such a, I respect comedians so much because you're making a room full of people laugh that are probably all, um, you know, have completely different senses of humor, mm-hmm. which is a tricky, tricky thing. That's the best. That's a great analogy, man. It's everybody having different senses of humor and you got to bring everyone together. It's really, I don't know. I, it's, I, I don't know how I do it. It's just, I command the room as well. Like everybody better pay attention to me. Right. And then put your teaching skills to exactly, <laughs> to exactly. Use. And then after that, I just try and just be animated when I tell a joke or story. Like it's the best thing they they have to hear. Right. And um and they listen and then they like it, and then that's when I go. Okay, I'll keep it. But that's cool, man. Um, you have some gigs like locally coming up. Uh yeah, I can remember all the ones I just did. Uh, oh, I'm at I'm in Suffern at the Rhino Comedy Club on February 24th at 7 p.m. Um, I'm also hosting. A roast madness, uh, roast battle contest up in Kingston. That's March 31st. And then the finals on April 13th. We did that last year, me and my buddy Andy McDermott. Cool. And we brought like 32 comics from the area around to roast battle each other. The winner won $500. That's cool. Yeah. So we're doing it again up in Kingston this year. And um, that's the big things coming up. Oh, and then I think I'm at New York City for the first time at Stand Up New York. Nice. The first time you're playing in the city. Mm-hmm. Well, I've played there like three or four times. Yeah. And they were just bar gigs. Yeah. But I've lived here back for like, I think going on over three years and I, I rarely ever go down there. I, I want to ask you about that um, too. But I, I did want to mention first, um, and I tell me if I'm, I'm going to fuck it up for you, but you have a uh, an Arby's joke. Okay. All right. That joke I thought was hilarious. Yeah, and yeah. You is, like that one? Is it all right if I kind of just go through the premise of it, or is that go right ahead? Go right. Kind of fuck it up for you when you get on stage and you tell it. I don't know if you still tell it. I or... don't. I actually, I don't tell that one because <laughs> I probably put it online and I was like, "That's the best it's ever gonna go." Like, <laughs> well, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. So uh, the joke is, I, I'm excuse me if I'm like fucking it up or butchering it, but um, so you go into an Arby's. And uh, would you mind just popping that door closed? Oh, sure. 
Thanks. There we go. So you go into Arby's and um, somebody calls you a lesbian. and The girl behind the counter. Yeah, the girl behind the counter, right. And uh, clearly you're taken back by that. And uh, to get your revenge against her, you eat a roast beef sandwich very seductively mm-hmm, <laughs> while mm-hmm. she watches. Yeah. Almost like it's a vagina. From the middle. Yeah, yeah, that's where I say. <laughs> In between the buns, right? Yeah. I, I mean, that was hilarious, man. Um, do you think that, like, the internet, because it, it's so, it's probably like a double-edged sword, right? Because you could put your content on there and people will find out about you, like me, mm-hmm. and uh, become a fan. But also at the same time, like, does it ruin it if you're doing a show and maybe that's how someone found out about you? And they're like, oh, fuck, I heard this one. I've I've done that where I know that I was promoted by a video and I'll get to that part in the set and I'll and I'll listen and I'll go, they're they're listening like they know this before. But sometimes I'll put things up like the Arby's one and go, Yeah. Uh maybe somebody will like it, but I'm I don't need this in my set anymore. Right. But I also don't like any of the videos I really have because I like I like myself live better than any videos or anything where I have to put up like material. I feel like watching me from start to finish is different than straight up joke, 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 joke. Yeah. Nowadays. Then like the highlight reel or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, do you watch those videos? Like, do you watch back and like almost like maybe a football team would watch their footage to see what they could do better or, or no? It's rare. Yeah. It's rare. I, I, I rarely videotape myself. I always audio tape myself. So mm-hmm. I always have that. I don't always listen back to them. But I know that everything's recorded. Video, I just, I don't know. I feel it's like it would take too much of my time in the beginning of the show to set up a camera and do all that stuff. Yeah. So it's just like, I'd rather just be videotaped. But I, I can't afford that luxury, I guess. But if I do listen back to it, I sometimes I'll watch it in like fast forward so I don't have to cringe. Yeah, it's grueling sometimes. Yeah, so yeah. I'll, I'll know what I'm saying and I'll watch it and I'll go, okay. It's not that bad. But I was watching some old sets recently. It was like, ugh. But then I was like, oh, I forgot about these. Yeah. Some, yeah, maybe jokes you forgot about, but also you probably see yourself and how much you've grown as a comedian since then. Exactly. So how old are you now? I'm 30. You're 30. So you started doing comedy like what, like 23-ish? 22. 22. Yeah. That's a, that's a long time, man. And you seem to be working like really hard. You always have gigs. Uh, you're doing a lot of... Um, publicity like videos and and stuff like that you're really um like pounding the pavement trying to um in your opinion like a comedian that's you know beginning and and continuing their career uh how like how often should you be on stage every night every night really based honestly um i can get up four to six times a week around the hudson valley yeah that's so I didn't even realize there were that many comedy clubs in Hudson Valley. There's a couple. There's um there's like a few in Poughkeepsie. Albany has a big club Funny Bone. So does Nyack have has Levity Live. Yeah. Um there's another there's the Suffering one now. There's a few in uh Westchester, Pleasantville, the Lucy's uh Laugh Lounge. I was there Wednesday. And there, I'm cool. forgetting another one. There's one in Poughkeepsie, right? Laugh it up. Laugh it up. Yeah, yeah that one seems cool. And um, the, do you remember Bananas? I was I wasn't here that when Bananas here. was yeah. here. Bananas was cool. Uh, I saw a lot of cool shows uh, shows there. I saw David Tell there. Nice. Yeah, he was funny as hell. And uh, it was a nice place. But I don't 
that closed down and i think the hotel that it was in closed down too yeah i haven't been down there in a while i performed in a lot of hotels yeah <laughs> around the country man yeah you did some touring uh you did you open for chris chris Kattan? i did two weeks with chris Kattan. how was that it was a, his shows were a lot of fun the rest of that was a lot of work yeah <laughs> driving him around is he i mean i don't want to put you on this the spot but is he a difficult person to i've heard i've heard mixed things about chris Kattan. i don't know him i mean i'm just like gossiping yeah but he, he was he was fun to his, his shows were fun i'll say that but i was i was asked to drive him around okay. and i didn't i didn't know what that was was that mine or yours? no that's my bad okay um so you're asked to open for him, but also to show for him? Yeah, basically. Right. So it was like uh, <laughs> it was two all jobs that, in one. Yeah, yeah. And kind of, it was. I think it was his first time out in a while. It was okay. back in like 2016. And we did, I think like 12, 12 shows in 10 days, I think. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of performing. Yeah, yeah. But it was cool to work with him. And um, I I gained some uh, quote fans out of it too. Yeah, they, they they would come back and see me when I went back to Fredericksburg, and um, but I haven't I haven't worked for that company since. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's. Did you know that going into it that you had to drive him around? No, no, that was kind of just a surprise. Oh uh, yeah, sort of thrown thing. on me. <laughs> and then there were other ones like in the middle of the week, like having to go get him and take him from a half a mile, just like. Okay, sure. Was he personable at least? Yeah, he was very nice. Yeah. He was very nice. But it's funny just bringing Chris Kattan into a Wawa and showing him <laughs> showing him how you order uh, food. He's like, why don't I have it ready for me? Like, oh, Chris, really? Like, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, so he was he was expecting like uh, like first class treatment. Sort no, of deal? no. Oh, right. He just didn't know how you so order off of a off of a men off of like. You know how Wawa or, or Quick Check has the buttons? Oh, oh, oh. So he's just like, I can't just tell the guy. Oh, I, I want to tell you. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. He's like, when, when does it come? <laughs> They'll call your name, man. That's funny, man. Uh, do you like touring? Do you like being on the road? I liked it when I was younger. Yeah. It's got to be ta- like taxing. It was. Doing six weeks on the road was kind of tough. But um, I got really good yeah. <laughs> at the end of the six weeks. I mean, I think you definitely uh, get your chops as a performer. Like I, my back, I played in bands like most of my life. And when mm. we would like do a lot of shows or go and do out of town shows. And uh, I, I think we definitely were the tightest for that reason. Cause you're, you definitely like work out the kinks in your set mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, it's good for that purpose. But I think th- there's a misconception that it's glamorous and it's not really, cannot, <laughs> it's really not that glamorous. No, no, it wasn't fun staying at the yeah. hotels and the off nights and just having nothing to do. Yeah. I liked, um, but I liked the shows and that, but it was weird just to wake up and not talk to anybody and then show up at a place and you're like, okay, you're the, you're the first people I'm talking to all day <laughs> again for the third day in a row. But that's just, uh, that was just kind of my quarrels with it. What did you do on the road to to uh, you know spend your time? Did you drink? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> That's a good one. And some of the other times was just driving from gig to gig. And yeah, now I have like a limit of like four hours is fine. But after that, I'm like, oh, I gotta. This is this is gonna be part of my day. Well, that's got to be taxing on you too when you're traveling because I mean to do what you do, your mind has to be sharp. So if you're shot from traveling. 
you know, that could, that could impact your set. I would imagine. Yeah. I would drive 10 hours sometimes and show up and then have to do it. And I was like, I hate this. Sometimes I was sick. Yeah. That wasn't fun getting sick on the road. So some things like that, like the comfort of home is really, I like it. That's nice. And you're in a good location because you could be in the city, you could be in Boston, you could be in Connecticut or mm-hmm. Jersey or wherever, Maryland, you know, you're, you're pretty central location to bad, a lot yeah. of places. Yeah. But the Hudson Valley is huge and performing around here is like, you know, an hour away each time. Yeah. You were saying uh, you were at, I always want to say drought. And yeah, I know right? it's, that's not the right thing to say. Yeah, draft. Draft. Uh, last night, they have a, op- it was, you said it was an open mic? Last or? night was a showcase. Showcase. Wednesday, the first Wednesday of the month is supposed to be um, the open mic. Okay. But that got snowed out, so they had it Wednesday, and then they had the showcase Thursday. Cool. So it was like four of us. Yeah. Did like 15 minutes each. Anyone you know or all new faces? No, every all my like friends, comics, cool. um, and Marcus Gavon, Mike McGrath, Jeremy Cash, and Nicole Pressler host, and my friend Andy McDermott uh, runs it. Cool. Uh, do you guys, are you able to um, like kind of band together and book shows and do stuff like that, help each other out? Yeah, exactly. That's cool. Um, try and build a show and bring the people we know that can really do great on the first one because sometimes you do a local show and it doesn't go well. Yeah. They're like, people go, Oh, this is local comedy. Yeah. I don't want to see this again when there's another show and somebody who actually wants to bring good comics and you're like, Oh no, this is good. It's that who knows how it's going to go sometimes. The first few times you're on stage, uh, back in those, you know, post college days when you're fresh out of college. Um, how are you, were you, did, were you, did you bomb the first few times you actually got up and tried to do it or did you like, you know, how'd you do? How'd it you went fare? well. Yeah. It went well. Cause like I said, I, well, um, I asked the guy who gave me the spot, you know, how much time I should do. And he was like, just tell me all your jokes. And I was like, okay. I didn't know at the time I yeah. told him and he's like, no, don't do that one. Do that one. Oh, that's cool. Do that one. Don't do that. Yeah. And so he told me which ones are going to do well. Kind of mentored you a little, a little bit, bit there. Of, so uh, I did that the first time. And the next one I added. So I figured out like, okay, these are the good jokes. Let me throw in another one. Let me yeah. sneak in one more each time he lets me on stage. And so it went well for a while. But yeah, there were some bombs. Well, I mean, it, it sounds like that's with any comedian. There's some nights. I know some. it seems like I've always been a fan of comedy because for me, I I'm, I don't consider myself a funny person. I think you need like to be incredibly um, just bold and and um, basically fucking ballsy to get on stage and to do and to tell jokes and to just kind of let loose and and know that there's going to be hecklers and people. Yeah, you know, like you, it's a, you're commanding a room, like you said. So um, I, I I you know have great respect for comedians, but. I've always been interested in how comedians write jokes and how they perform, how they deal with hecklers. And I, you know, I know like people like, uh, like Larry David would just be like, fuck you and walk off the stage. Everyone seems to have a different thing. Um, Is there a way that if someone's kind of giving you, like giving you a hard time that you could sort of handle them or corral them or you just kind of, it seems like some of what you do too is impromptu. Yeah. Improvisation. So So the right thing. I'm always asking for people to talk to me. But there's people that will yell and and that that I have nothing I'm not ready for that. I'm ready to talk to somebody have if like I, a dialogue a little bit yeah, and, yeah. And, and and know what's gonna come at me. but for someone to to shout, that's just you know 
the whole crowd usually isn't with that with that person. Yeah. So you can kind of shoot it, you know, be mean to them. Right. If they don't, you know, obviously the crowd doesn't like them. Right. It's usually See, like alcohol induced. Usually. Screaming. Yeah. Usually they're they're the head of a bachelorette party right. or a birthday party. <laughs> um, those are the ones that want to talk or like last night there was a girl. All right, last night there was a girl that was talking for the first couple of comics. Mm-hmm. And right before I went last and right before me and Marcus was on, she stepped outside to smoke, but I thought she was gone. And I asked, I asked Nicole, the host, I was like, she, she leaves. She's like, no, she's only smoking. I was like, oh, we're so close. <laughs> so I get on stage and I was like, man, I, she was still outside. I was like, man, I really wish that she was in here so I could just hit on her. And then, I, you know, I was just making jokes about that. I was laughing. And then I was like, you know, I would ignore you guys and only talk to her. So a few minutes later, she walks in and my face was just like, and the crowd sees like, oh, he's gonna, he gets to do it, he gets right, to hit. Right, right. So I, I kind of talked to her then, so then she wouldn't, you know, just have her like, you know, if she's doing something, putting something in her bag, and she hears something from one of the comedians, she might got up and be like, "Are you talking to me? Like, yeah, no, yeah. this isn't about you." They're not listening, so that can throw you off, and it gets it really awkward. How so? How? Um, when they're when they when they take when the comedian lets them have their say oh i see i see it seems um i i would think some for some people that it might diffuse them or quiet them down or is it the opposite that it riles them up if you kind of give them attention i think it gives them attention yeah it's it's not i mean you somebody can say something you go what's that and then they won't say anything again and, and they're the people that know that they're like oh i did something bad yeah i don't want to i don't want attention right. i don't want to ruin the show and then there's other people that you know, that's usually bar shows or, you know, like I said, have a bachelorette party um, where they take control and be like, it's all about me now. Look at I'm helping. I'm here to help. Yeah. That's what she said last. So I talked to her after the show and she's like, I thought I was there to, you know, everybody was dead. I was like, I thought I was helping. No, like we didn't write you in. <laughs> so sometimes you just have to have something like writing. a hype man or something. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, yeah, that's got to be daunting. I've done but. this. I, my favorite one is I've gone and said, um, I was like, hey, everybody, raise your glasses and uh, throw them at that chick right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah. That one I came up with when I was real. Usually when I'm really mad on yeah. stage, when the, that's when I come up with something. And then I know for years I can I can keep using that. So that's something that I really like. When I go, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> They're going to love this. Um, I wanted to ask you about a few things. Mm-hmm. One is so everything everybody nowadays is very PC. Um, like, you know, I'm just generalizing, but overall, like people are very sensitive about a lot of things. Um I spoke to Gilbert Godfrey once, and for not for this podcast, but for an I I worked as a journalist for a long time. Nice. And uh I asked well, he was talking about he made a bad joke after nine eleven. I don't know if you know that joke. I think I've heard this story, but it was a, it wasn't a I don't think it was an incredibly funny joke. He was doing a roast of maybe Hugh Hefner, I think it was. I think yeah. And he had it was right after nine eleven, a few weeks, and he had said something like he had a, a flight to California, so he had to leave early. But first, they had to make a stop at the Empire State Building, and uh, okay. you know he got like they cut it out of the 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 roast, and uh, he got in deep shit for that. <clears throat> And I think he might have lost some, like maybe like the Aflac job that he had, right? You know, and stuff like that. But when I spoke to him, uh, what he said was like, basically, like comedy should be like a roller coaster, 
Like when you advertise a comedy show, like people and people go to a comedy show, they should know like everything is off limits. Like it's not going to be safe. Like, because if you do the opposite, it's like advertising that your roller coaster is like the safest roller coaster, Mm. you know, in the country. And it has the proper seatbelts and like no one would want to go on that roller coaster. Like going to a comedy show should be exciting. You don't know what's going to happen. There's going to be like twists and turns. Um, and I, I, I'm kind of like screwing up how he ex- explained that. I get it. Yeah. That was the gist of what he said. And I thought it was, it was true. Um, you know, like that'd be nice. Yeah. Do, do you agree? Like should like, obviously you're a different person in real life than like some of the stuff you would say on stage, I would imagine, or maybe mm-hmm. not, uh, but you know, so should what you say on stage be allowed? Like a lot, yeah, allowed. Like whatever you say on stage, because it's a performance. It's not you're not saying that to me as a person. Like in reality, you're saying that as a performance on stage as a performer. If I'm if it's, if I'm performing a joke about something, then yeah. But if I'm just saying you know hateful shit just to say hateful shit into a microphone, yeah. then that's not that shouldn't be allowed at a comedy club, right? If you're going to a comedy show, you know, it should be jokes. But yeah, I, I think everything should be. It's a joke. Yeah. Usually. It is. Yeah. It's always. I don't know why I said usually, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't see why. I, I've, I haven't been offended at any comedy shows I've been to, but I know I've had friends that have sat there and they're like, oh, I can't believe you said this. And I'm like, you're also a comedian yeah. too. They don't actually believe this. But some people are on stage and projecting who they want to be off stage. Um, but have you heard of like colleges and like how PC that those are? Like to perform at? Yeah, they'll give you like no. a a list of things you can't talk about or say. Oh, oh, actually, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you. Um, well, I'll get to that. I'll get to that later. But yeah, I I do like NACA and shit like that. Oh well, NACA is the. They book the college. They book the colleges. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know if they're the ones that say that. It's usually the college themselves going. We don't want you to mention abortion or anything, right. especially Christian schools and stuff. And uh, so, is um, is that a philosophy you you disagree with that it shouldn't be? No, they have their own. They, they have, have their, their right to do that. Yeah, yeah. It's their it's their campus. It's their stuff. But you know, you got a comedians like, oh, I can't even go there. They pay good. That's why you want to go back. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Are you really looking for the 18 to 22 demographic? Maybe. I'd like to go NACA. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if I have 45 minutes for college kids yet. <laughs> yeah, no, I I was just, I mean, like, I'm a fiction writer, and, uh, you know, I'll write things in a story that are a story, you know, that's not a reflection of who I am as a person, but maybe you're writing about a specific time period or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know. I just think, yeah, it's a, if it's art, it should be exempt. But I agree with what you're saying. Like, it shouldn't be a direct, like, megaphone for hateful speech. Like, I, I don't agree with that. I'm not saying that. But Yeah, everything should be allowed. There are, I mean, I bring my parents to the shows and I'm like, oh, I know somebody's got this joke about this. Oh, and they're not gonna... is, that, is that the most tedious thing ever when your parents are there? Yeah, yeah. totally. And they know it, too. They'll go... Do they sit right in the front? No, no. They know they know to show up late. Yeah. So they so they have to sit in the back. And they also know to like not show up for open mics. <laughs> Cuz there's an open mic now I run right down the road from me in Middletown at Tapped and I know my mom like 
her church is right across the street from there. Uh-huh. And the other Tuesday she went in, she's like, God, I hope he's not running open mic. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it's going to be awkward if she walks in. Yeah. Um, I, I find that especially like as a perform, like for me playing music, that was the most tedious show. I would much rather play a larger room mm-hmm. to people I didn't know to a small intimate room with like my friends and my family. Cause that yeah. was just like the most nerve wracking thing ever. It's weird. You're making eye contact with people that change your diaper for years. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, how are you going to get these jokes? Like, uh, uh, kind of piggybacking off what we were talking about before, like, you know, hurt feelings, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. in a, in a more lighthearted way, the roasting. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you enjoy that? And, and like that, cause to me, I don't know that you guys are taking jabs at each other. Some of them, yeah, I know they're all in, in jest, you know, yeah. but, uh, does, does that ever get personal? How does like, for me, um, I'm nervous if it, if it get, if it would get personal, Yeah. but if it's got a funny punchline, then I, then I don't care. Then, th- then I have laughed at it. When yeah. I roasted Andy last year, when him and I roasted, um, and did you see the one with me versus Dick Williams? I'm not Rich sure. Williams? I watch I watch some clips on YouTube, and I'm not sure if I caught that specific one. That one, that that one, he just kind of went um, appearance at me, and okay. I was like, "Come on!" Like I wanted to, get, like, yeah, everyone, I make these jokes, you know. <laughs> it's not that it's not that hard. I wanted to get more hurtful, but um, the one against Andy, yeah, that one was. It was like it stings, but it's your friend, and you are close. But I when I hosted, I watched the comics open usually. They get to know each other, yeah, a little more, it's a little like better. A bonding experience, yeah, yeah. It brings every. That's what comics have been talking about for at least a month now. Is because it's March. We do roast madness, March madness, and same way, break it down to one winner. So they get they talk about it. You excited for it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they do. Yeah, I get I get excited for it. Uh, that's cool. Do you prepare those jokes beforehand, or are those yeah. all on the fly? No, yeah, you prepare them. Actually, when when Andy and I hosted the last one, we we did so much. Um, like prep work for producing the show that it's like, Oh, we didn't really write what things to bring people up to. So kind of on the side, we're just like looking at them going and keep walking up. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, the other ones you do have to, to you write them write down write beforehand. Down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did that whole, do you know how like the whole roasting philosophy start or not philosophy, but, um, tradition started. Was that like Dean Martin and shit or is it before that? I'm, I'm I might be wrong. Yeah. How I think it went down, and like is is those like old friar, um, oh, like the friars, friar oh. club, friar yeah, club, yeah. yeah, and just like whoever was, you know, just guys busting balls, I think, and then you know professional writers got a hold of it and were like, that looks like fun. It took off from there, and it took off from the you know like like a dais feeling, and then it's just like I don't know how the one verse one got started. Yeah, that seems to me almost like a freestyle rap battle. I think that's it's probably that's where I got started that's after that. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's pretty cutthroat at times. It but, is. Yeah, I've seen I've seen it where there's like five or six comics on stage and one microphone, and they're just grabbing the mic and, and like pointing to the person next to them, making fun of them, and someone else grabbing the mic and just that that looks crazy. <laughs> like that, I'd be like, oh, I never know when to jump in, and I'm getting made fun of the whole time. Um, when you write jokes, I'm just tweaking the levels here a little bit. When you're writing jokes, um, and you have your material and you get on stage and you know how long your set is, mm-hmm. how do you 
memorize your joke? And do you ever tell your jokes out of order? Do you tell like, do you memorize it like a play almost? Or or do you kind well, of just wing it? You know, like like I have like right now, I just made a card with just points on sheet. it. Like I have, yeah, I have a cheat sheet with just you know one or two words that'll get me through at least two minutes. That that will remind me to tell the joke. You know, the joke goes from A to B to C to D, and then it's just like, how do I want to tell? Do I want to joke? Do joke one, two, three, or four, or three, two, one? How do I want to do that? You find out by doing it over and go, what fits better after something else? Um, but I have, when I have a certain amount of time and there's like a certain set, I will go, this is this is the best way that these go. But other times when I want to do a show and change it up, you know, just gets the muscles working differently. And yeah, you're when you're on the road, you're able to test it out. And yeah, but when I did start different... doing the 30-minute sets, that's when I had it in order especially at the end of the six weeks i go this is the way to do it ryan <laughs> don't you mess with it in week two and three by now you should have it how they should go for a 30 minute set what's the uh the longest set you've done uh an hour over an hour yeah. and six i have an hour and six minutes i think it's a long set that was a very long set you yeah. want to hear that story sure yeah let's hear it i went down to do gigs from uh here down to south carolina north carolina I had three of them, one on Tuesday, the other on Thursday, Friday. I leave Sunday. Um, on the ride down Sunday, I get a text or an email that my Friday gig is canceled. So I'm like, crap. So I get all the way down to South Carolina. It's Tuesday. I'm heading to my Tuesday gig. I get a text that now my Thursday gig is going to be canceled. Uh, are you serious? So I drove all the way down there. Fuck. For, that would suck. Yeah. So And then I get to the gig. It's at a it's at a pizzeria. I know friends from high school are gonna be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I I meet the guy Tom and I'm like, hey man, I just had all this happen to me. He goes, well, you know, it's cool. We'll I'll go up. We'll do a couple uh, open micers and then you can close it out. No open micers show up. <laughs> it's just so you have to fill the time. Well, I don't have to. It, I didn't have to. Yeah, yeah. But there were like twelve people, three of them including my friends, and I was like, guys. I'm going to tell you about my week. I drove all the way down here. I am. You can leave whenever you want. <laughs> I am going I'm to be. Going. <laughs> I'm going to stay here. And I just learned everyone's name and um, just told them stories. And I was like, thank you for staying because you made it worth it. And then I drive um, back to Charlotte and I got a gig with uh, John Reap. And then the next day I went and I lost my wallet at the oh, at a NASCAR shit. event. <laughs> At a NASCAR event? NASCAR event, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you into NASCAR? Uh, not particularly, but my aunt and uncle, um, they go to the races and oh, they brought cool. me. But I like watching it when I'm there. Uh, I think that's the sign of a, a true professional, though, man, that you're able to get on there and get up there and, you know, and, and do an hour and, and, you know, improv some of that as yeah. you went. And because you knew, like, the other performers weren't going to make it and otherwise... You know, the show would have just been a, a dud if there was nobody performing. So you really stepped up. When I had the show in King, the show I got in Kingston now helped because I got a call saying that um, the headliner can't make it. Like the show had just started. I live 55 minutes from there. And the, you know, like it's about to be 50 minutes before the headliner has to go on. And I booked it there. I ran up the stairs and just hopped right on stage and did awesome. And they were like, we'd love to have you back. So then now we got now I can produce shows there. That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be my biggest fear, I think, is that 
to do something like that, to have to get like give a public speech or to tell jokes, like, and know that like I'm run out of material and know that I have like 15 minutes left or something. Mm. You know what I mean? And be like, uh, crickets. Cause I, I, I don't know. I just respect the hell out of you for being able to, uh, sweat when I'm on stage. <laughs> That's what it feels to, like. To, um, to, and, but to be funny too. I mean, yeah. cause it's easy to just bullshit, you know, I could, you know, I could bullshit, but I, to, to make people laugh during that time is this real skill, man. Thank you. Um, so you're saying uh, you're, you're performing down in the city soon, right? Uh, yes. And you don't get down there too too often. No, I don't. I don't. Um, do you think it's it's possible to get a um, you know, like noticed or recognized here in the Hudson Valley without making like going down to? those like to New York city or to Boston or to, uh, to another big city. Well, it's easy if I'm, if I'm at a restaurant and then I go back in, you know, and, and then they recognize from there. Yeah. I've, I've been to an olive garden before and just, he just happened to be a waiter at another place and he recognized me. So it's yeah. Word of mouth and people know each other and yeah. stuff. Yeah. But I was like the, the open mic that I run in Middletown, I'll, I'll put my face on the flyer and it's like, cool. People might recognize me just from knowing me from high school or anything and they might want to come out or people recognize me from high school and they go let's go pick on him again because yeah. that has happened <laughs> that's messed up <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah now that well you have the power you're the one with the microphone i was yeah yeah, yeah. i got to say some mean stuff to them that go. was a lot of fun <laughs> um but um um yeah like there, I think there's a, a the notion of even for like musicians and stuff that if you want to really make it, you have to go down to the city and play. Mm-hmm. But the thing it's like, yeah, there's more opportunities down there, mm-hmm. but also it's so easy to get lost in the crowd. Whereas here there's more people that know each other. There's more of a network like, mm-hmm. and there's people that are really um, like um, trying to think of the word. Like they are, um, from the Hudson Valley, they want to shop local. They want to like support local people. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So like any huts like us, like this podcast is the Hudson Valley Transmitter Podcast. Its purpose is to interview people from the Hudson Valley. That's great. You know what I mean? So like there's people like me, you know, that want to shop at local farms and want to hear local music and want yeah. to hear local comedians. You know what I mean? So um, I guess my question is like the pro, like is the, is the pro of being in the city, you know, while you're, you know, you have those other opportunities worth like going down there and like living down there, but then getting lost in the shuffle where here you probably stand out more and you know what I'm saying? Am I formulating that? Yeah. You're saying like, um, big fish, little pond up here. Exactly. Um, that's nice. I'm able to get on the radio every now and then, which I didn't expect to be on the radio with Boris sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, if I wasn't living here, I probably wouldn't be able to do that. Um, I've lived, I've lived in Atlanta for three years and that was a giant scene, you know, felt like there were a thousand comics there. Um, but there were also five comedy clubs. So, but you could work, I can get up there six nights a week easily. Yeah. Um, here I've had to make my own, um, shows and stuff like that to, to be a working comedian here. 
Because if not, then where would I go? I wouldn't be a comic. I'd have to. I'd have to go down the city if I didn't make my own things up here, or if us other comics weren't making other shows happen. Yeah. So this the Hudson Valley is huge. Yeah. You know, it's it feels it's like true. twenty times bigger than New York City, but right. everyone's crowded right there, and you know the market for Kingston isn't the same for New Paltz. They're twelve miles away, whatever. And there's a lot of uh, colleges. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of potential. So, there is a lot to take over in the Hudson Valley, but um, I like it because I'm. It's where I'm, I didn't expect to stay here this long. I only came back because I got broke in Atlanta, traveling the road for six weeks, paying for a place I wasn't living in, just like throwing that money out. So, I got broke, came back home, and then things kind of worked out around here, and I've just stayed. I don't know how long, but <laughs> um, what's the what like when you're performing to a crowd in Atlanta? Is it different in terms of their tastes and jokes and what they find funny than it is f- for people up here? Or is it? I mean, no, all... no, I don't, I don't think the Hudson Valley is not, you know, not New York City. It's not a melting pot of people. Yeah, you know? and Atlanta is more southern. Mm-hmm. There were similar, there were similarities. Um, but Atlanta did have a bunch of they would have like a punk scene to go to that's cool uh, but no like I, like I was telling you before man just listening to the, to an audience and, and getting them to you know people are somewhat somewhat similar yeah around similar the, similar around the whole country man that's just uh, some stereotype that I heard that from comedians you would expect like, yeah you would play ex- Dallas compared to you yeah. know Los Angeles or something yeah that crowd. that could be different but I don't know. I play more rural areas, man. I haven't. Re- I've been to L.A. a week once. Um, but I, since I lived in the South and started down there, that's where a, a lot of my uh, shows are. Sometimes when I do the road, and I don't know, I do well. And then I come back up here, and I figure I don't know. It is. It is a transition, some, somewhat. Come back and regroup. Yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, when you're in LA, did you go to the stop by the comedy store? I did stop by the comedy yeah. store. That place is a landmark. I know. I, I I've been there uh, a few times, and I always see awesome comedians. Yeah. When I'm and they get the top top in the country, man. But they just book them like a. It, they just release who's performing like a couple days before, I guess, because if they yeah. know like you know if they have it up for a while, it's going to sell out like instantly. Uh, I saw Norm McDonald. Mm-hmm. There, he was funny. He was drunk. He was definitely wasted. I didn't understand anything he he said, but it was still somehow funny. How much I time mean, did he do? He didn't do much, man. He did. Is it like where they just kept? He brought yeah. the next person up. There was yeah. like fifteen comedians. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't a lot. No, they um, do like fifteen minutes each. They put yeah. the list out there. Yeah. Um, last time we were there, we saw Sebastian Maniscalco. He's funny. Yeah, he was pretty good. The same thing though. Like you know, they don't do long sets, but. No, no, yeah. no. They just give him some like like we showcases, man. Like I was doing around the corner. I saw Sebastian. I didn't see him, but I liked Sebastian before I even started doing comedy. I mm-hmm. watched him, and I was like, "Oh, I, I want to do this. I want to be what this guy's doing. I'm gonna do what this guy's doing." Yeah, he's um, I, as in a, my family's Italian. I can mm-hmm. you know relate to a lot of what he says, and yeah, he's uh, he's hilarious mannerisms yeah. and how he just walks on the stage and <laughs> it's kind of yeah. it's kind of goofy now goofy, after yeah. like you know seeing it for eight or nine years it's like you're still doing the what the guy yeah 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 the, 
<laughs> That's a good impression. Yeah, I've seen it for a while. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I only, ah, man, he like blew up. Like, what was, uh, I didn't know about him until like two years ago, maybe. That's, but that might have sh- been in time, yeah. Yeah, but I'm sure he's been like at it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, did you ever see the one where he, he talks about, I guess, shopping at Marshall's or Kmart or one of those things? I don't know if I caught that one. Yeah, it was just so funny. He, the whole joke, I'm going to butcher it, but he's just like, <laughs> you just like open, you like open, you buy something that are like, like knives and it's just like it's just a pack of underwear inside like <laughs> people are just like they, they're like they go take something off the um the shelf and go like oh this isn't my size and they'll like pretend to like launch it across the store <laughs> like that i lost it i was like i want to do this i want to make people laugh like that have you seen the hbo show crashing i have not um i i wanted to get your uh opinion on it because um just to see how true to life it is actually I've I've heard stories about this. Yeah. I've I've heard stories about it, and I've gone. I don't need. I don't need to watch that. <laughs> I've lived that. Yeah, I've been a part of that, and it's like I don't need to see it again. But everyone is talking to me about it. Really? You're the second yeah, person like, today to mention it to. God me. damn it! Yeah. Keep asking me about this show. Well, I I get it. I I I'm sure that it's really it's honest. I'm sure it's really honest. Well, there's just things that I never really thought about. Like you're in the city and there's some guy on the corner handing out flyers and people in the city, like, I don't know why they just have some, uh, they treat those people like, you know, they have a disease or something. Yeah. They just like stay away. But I guess that's what you have to do to get stage time. Yeah. They call you know? it um like barking. I, barking. Yes. That was the word. And um, I, you know, I, I just didn't realize how much work they like go through just to perform um, yeah, those are comics trying to pass those out. Like two in the morning on a Tuesday or something at the know? at the club, and they'll they'll tell you, yeah, Chris Rock's here, Louis C.K.'s here. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, they're not. Just to trick you to get in the door. Yeah, yeah. And they go, all right, and then just sit down, and then and then they buy two drinks, and then the club makes money, and yeah, you can go on for six minutes. We won't pay you. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Um, do you think? people are going to comedy shows as much as they did back before, like before YouTube and shit. Like, or are they watching your clips now? I'm like, oh, I saw it. I don't have to go. I have no clue. Yeah. I really don't know. Cause I only started when there was YouTube. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So this is your, that's how I would generation. You know, that's how my friends wanted to see me when I was out of town is to put things on YouTube. Yeah. And I would, and then I would take it down if I did after I was done with it. Um, so I don't, I don't know, but Yes, if, if I wanted to see somebody, you just, hey, check this out. You can watch them at three thirty p.m. You know, yeah, yeah. You don't anytime. have to go. You don't have to wait till night. But, um, I would hope people would want to come see Still me live. Come. And that's the problem with videos. Sometimes is I don't. You know, most of the comics that have them up there probably don't like their videos. Yeah, but it's it's sort of like a calling card. It's like a necessary yeah. evil, I guess. It right? is. It is to have that up there they want to see your content man they want yeah. to see and then people want to book you because you have followers and all that stuff that's right. how you get that's how you get in the door you could be funny as hell but no one's following you sorry but it could go the other way too i found like there's some bands that we would play with back in the day that had like fucking five hundred thousand followers mm-hmm. but they would go to the show and nobody would be there mm. and they would suck you know that we played with some like maybe not i'm exaggerating five hundred thousand, but like you look at their online profiles and like damn this band it must be huge and then when they actually get there it's like well there's not like people lining up around the block to see them and they're not even really you know that tight 
Do you think that that that's because music is more global than stand up? Like, stay, like, you know, if you don't speak English, then you're not going to find me funny. That's true. I think also some people could, I mean, some people might buy likes. That's some people true. Could, yeah, you I know could that buy happens. your social media profiles. And yeah. it's sort of like a false representation of your actual following, you know? Because, um, like, I'm sure when you book shows, like, that's the first thing a promoter looks at is like your social media pages. Mm-hmm. It's like your calling card. I just started my fan page now and I'm like, uh, hey, will you? Can I invite you to be my fan? Yeah, like, yeah. There's part of it is I didn't like get into comedy traveling. to do that. Yeah, I didn't get into comedy to send you know emails out either. But that's what you have to do. I mean, you're living the dream, man. <laughs> yeah, you gotta. Um, so you book your own shows, and mm-hmm. yeah, that's it's a lot of work. It is. Yeah, it's a lot of work. And it's then, a lot of networking. And then when you don't, and we don't hear back, it's like hurtful. Over and over again, you're like, why am I? Why do I still send this? Am I am I spelling this right? <laughs> <laughs> Sending it into a black hole. Yeah, exactly, and hoping to get somewhere. Some somebody will pay a hundred bucks out of it. Um, is it mostly ticket sales at the door? Some places are different. Um, a lot of comedy clubs will have um, something already for you. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. Um, if you have a door deal, that's pretty good. If you know you can. Bring, if you could put, draw if you could put butts in seats yeah right like i could probably draw in middletown but i can't draw over here in beacon uh, yet 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 after this podcast you will <laughs> that's right i should have had my show on later date <laughs> that's all right man it'll be up there yeah and we'll promote the hell out of it i'll I'll be back in beacon um yeah anytime you're in the neighborhood let me know when you're in the neighborhood man i'll come out i want to come out to a show i would have came out last night i didn't know you were around yeah i well i only emailed you like 15 yeah. minutes before i got back <laughs> yeah. on stage yeah i was like i wonder if he'll, i wonder if he'll show up yeah man. well yeah next time give me a little more notice man i'll be there <laughs> all right I will. um i wanted to t- also talk about um the statue that you brought with you yeah okay can we talk about that or is that uh like top secret uh thing? i don't think it's top secret a bunch of people, i've been talking about it on stage okay that's what that's what i was telling you like a, so this is a bust of abraham lincoln yes right a bust a one foot bust um that for those of you who cannot see it it looks like well it's a bronzish bronzish color but mm. i don't think it's actually bronze because that would be heavy as hell no no but, but that is uh, heavy yeah um so i went on ebay okay i didn't tell you this but i went on ebay and I typed in U.S. President Bronze Bust, and I found I found this exact one. Okay. But a little smaller. So I shouldn't say exact one. Okay. But it's the exact same model, and I bought that. As a gift to yourself. <laughs> As a gift, or to them, <laughs> or to bring in the small one back. Okay. So what, what, I think what we... Uh, just for those people that are listening <laughs> that don't. So this was something that you, um, let's say, b- borrowed? Borrowed. Is that a legal? <laughs> That's what I'll say. Word? That's what I'll say legally, yeah. So you borrowed. On record with, for saying borrowed. You may or may not have had, um, the owner may or may not have had uh, knowledge. No, knowledge of your borrowing. No, of no. this bust. But uh, so you you bought a replica to swipe it out to see if they would notice? I think so. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Did, I don't know. Wh- I don't know what game to play with it yet. I have to do something because it would be hilarious. Like if it was way bigger, then you found a tiny one Ex- and you replaced it, and someone's walking by, they're like, "What the fuck? Yeah. Am I like 
in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Or like, what happened? Like they didn't like, no, this was the size the whole time. <laughs> I Well, I wanted to find, I wanted to find like all the, I wanted to get back other presidents and be like. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah. You swiped it out with Washington. But, so I noticed. found a couple of those, but I couldn't, you know, obviously I couldn't find all of them. But right. when I saw the Abe Lincoln, I was like, that's the exact one. It was under 30 bucks. It gets to me by next Thursday. Nice. Yeah. When you walked in, I could tell you were very excited. Because I've been bring, I brought it around to draft. <laughs> uh, what was the reaction at draft? Um, yeah, people were laughing at it because okay. I told the story, <laughs> and then at the I was like, you know, I have it with me. Right. If anybody wants to take a picture with it, did anyone take a picture with it for five bucks? They did. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, there you go, man. Bring in a little extra uh, dough from the show. But yeah, I took I took pictures with, with everybody. I have I have sold um, like cds like just burnt of like a set and been like just donate whatever just to have something after shows so i have walked away with some cash after you know man um nobody listens to cds anymore and yeah yeah we spent uh like uh, this is not that uh, that long ago like 2014 or 15 like that's when i was selling a lot of money on cds and uh we're giving out just giving them to people after the show like you said because someone could leave and have something to remind them of the band that maybe will listen to the CD and be like, oh, you know, I'll like them on Facebook or whatever. But everyone we were giving them to were like, um, I have nothing to play this on. <laughs> what? A- be like, oh, shit. Serious? Yeah. And then we realized we made a bad investment. Oh. <laughs> Did you like have them like printed on? And with- Yeah, they were legit CDs, like oh, shrink wrapped and everything. No, I didn't do that. I just took the i burnt them on my computer one by one wrote my website on we it should have just did that and handed it i knew <laughs> yeah i was using them as a business card that i can make a few bucks off of no i wasn't gonna go all out what else uh do you have any other merch i was selling a t-shirt on um after the show it was like a harry potter um one where it just says i've got a wand you could play with because that's one of my lines so i sold that that worked I liked it. I had um, I would I would tell people that men and women would buy this shirt, and uh, one woman didn't even see the show. She just saw me selling it and was like, "I have to I buy." I have it. to have one of those. And I was like, "She's like, I'm getting it for my son." <laughs> oh, that's. And I was like, strange. "Oh, is he a Harry Potter fan?" She was like, "No, he's a huge pervert." <laughs> so she took it. <laughs> that's hilarious, man. So I've sold that. Um, you're gonna get like mugs printed up and Ryan Denisco pens and no like baseball hats. I would do magnets. I like yeah. magnets. That... Yeah, well, something you could stick. I think yeah. like you know because then you can't lose. You can't lose, and people can't get rid of it. Unless yeah. they have to peel it off and fuck up whatever they stuck it to. Right. <laughs> I know this one woman. She would sell uh, mistletoe belt buckles. <laughs> mistletoe belt. That's hilarious. That's like, clever, right? It doesn't. It's like not even part of her jokes at all. It's just right. It's hey, clever, I sell though. these. Yeah, just buy a shitload of mistletoe, a couple belt buckles. You got yourself a... That's what she glued them on probably <laughs> herself, man. Yeah, man. That's uh, I didn't DIY. Expect to, yeah, I didn't expect to like... I, this one comic I worked with years ago, I can't remember his name, but he got up on stage. He was like about to sell his merch. And he was like, you know, I got into comedy to sell t-shirts, actually. <laughs> Get in the t-shirt business? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's weird trying to pitch something. I didn't, I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> but it's part of it man um so another clip mm-hmm. that i saw of you that i wanted to mention oh okay you were on a radio program mm-hmm. and uh it man 
I don't know what kind of uh, sadists they are on on that show. They were, yeah. But uh, any comedian that comes on mm-hmm. had to get tased. Yep, on the Mad Max Morning Show. The Mad Max Morning Show. Mad Max <laughs> sounds like a serial killer. Yeah, and, no, he, uh, he, he tases was. his guests. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm just fucking around. But uh, you did really get tased. Mm-hmm. How how did that feel? I can't imagine that it felt pleasant. No, it wasn't because I'd never been around a taser before. Yeah. So when they lit it up, it was uh, pretty loud, louder right. than louder than I remember it being on the on the video. Um, I'm glad that they didn't hold it longer. But yeah, it it, it stung. Uh, you could tell like after when I'm trying to talk, like I can't really think. <laughs> like yeah. Just got fucking tased. <laughs> it was it, it was a shock, but um, literally, but you kind of knew it was happening. So, but but the thing is, we would also take those tasers and bring them back to the comedy club, and we would we would tase each other. The comics would tase each other. The managers, owner, and, okay. and myself would all. <laughs> the the other guy in the the video, Jeff. We would. So then you started using them as weapons. Weapons, <laughs> like I like yeah, like I borrowed that. Like those are weapons, right, you know. Right. So. It didn't go away. The tasing didn't stop okay. after that video. So then, so you got tased. I'm sorry. Let's make sure I understand this. You mm-hmm. got tased, and then it hurt. Mm-hmm. I would imagine you were maybe a little traumatized the first time you were tased. Was it traumatizing for you or no? Not really. So then, but after that, you developed an intense interest in tas- tasers and tasing people. Well, it was the way, it was survival at that point. <laughs> if you know. Because they were bringing it back, and you're, Ryan, you're getting tased no matter what. Right. Like, like you better learn to tase other people. So it's taser, be tased. Yeah. Actually, one time we worked with two comics, and you know they knew the whole that they knew the whole tasing thing, and um, the names were Matt and Pat. And I remember one of the openers was like, "Hey, uh, Matt says he wants to get tased." So I go up, and I, I go to Jeff, and I go, "Hey, Matt wants to go. Matt wants to get tased." So they go around and just while while Matt's sitting there, they tase him. Yeah. He's like, "What the hell is it for?" And the guy goes, "No, I said Pat. Pat oh. wanted to get tased, and I told him the wrong oh. person, and I got Matt tased." It was instead. Matt, not Pat. Yeah, ah, yeah. classic case of Matt versus versus Pat confusion. <laughs> that's funny, man. Um, that's that's such. A, did they tell you beforehand before you were going into that interview that this was their policy with comedians? Um. Or was that a surprise? I, the, no, the night before, they were like, hey, you know that this happens, right? And I go, no. And then they're like, no, it, every comic that goes in there. And then they were showing me videos on their phone. And the, so I knew. It was early in the morning, too. I yeah. did not want to wake up that early. and uh, Or be tased. Or be tased. <laughs> and so I took, I, I went all out. I took my shirt off. Yeah, man. I mean, you're a you're, uh, trooper. I mean, you went, you went through it and you... Yeah. He didn't really flinch or no. scream. I I think I might have, I, but I've you know I'm not sure really how it feels. Would you Would you compare it to what I compared more, it more to, powerful than a nine volt battery? Well, on your tongue? I don't. Yeah. I haven't done that. I yeah. don't know. You sicko! <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. If you like, we're gonna take that out the outlet and touch and touch the metal pieces. Right. Like before you knew it, you're like ah, you could feel it in your. Your your muscles that, yeah. that oh I'm not, I'm not in control of this and that's what it felt like for that second You're spasm like, I can't I can't move I can't get away because you can hold it on you and just that's why you go down You're just like I can't jump all yeah. my energy you become sort of paralyzed a little bit and they had a they had a bigger one too oh shit but they they took it easy on you and they 
you got the the smaller taser. Yeah, yeah, the smaller, the mini voltage. Taser. Yeah, not the mini <laughs> one, but the the less voltage one. It still doesn't sound good, though. No, no, I wouldn't. I haven't been tased in a while. Oh well, you probably, probably do for a tasing. I probably could. I probably could get tased <laughs> right now. <laughs> oh man, uh, when you get up on stage, do you have a drink or anything to, to loosen up? Yeah, I'll drink before. Yeah, yeah I totally will. I cannot. Does but... it does it fuck with your set ever? If you do, you ever drink too much? Yeah, I have. Yeah. but not on like a not on like a show where I'm supposed it's to. Like a big show. It's like a bar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not gonna be reckless, but in my past, I have. There's a video of me break. Actually, I shouldn't tell that story with a statue here, <laughs> but I I did break a statue one time oh, in God. Georgia and got a show shut down. Jeez, <laughs> it was like, like, did you like karate chop it or was it an accident? It was an accident. Uh, yeah. Well, that happened. I had they. Well, the thing there is they like to feed me tequila because they know I don't like to drink it. I would have like this face, <laughs> so they just like seeing that face. And they fed me too much one night. They didn't have a stool. They had a statue, and I lifted it up, and the whole bottom fell off, and. Oh, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Apparently, them not so much. No, not so much. <laughs> well, so, be careful with this one, man. It's a nice statue. No, I, I, I have, I've been mom arming this thing <laughs> in my car. I have it strapped in, in I have it seat buckled in. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I could see that being a recipe for disaster. It, again, just not to compare it to music, it's different. But, like, for me, like, when we would play, I would have, like, two drinks maybe at mm-hmm. the most because so, and especially buzz. To, yeah to get a buzz because anything more really you think you're playing awesome and when you go back and listen or you know if there's a recording or some kind of evidence of it and then you're like oh fuck that sounded so bad you were off yeah. off time off time yeah, yeah. well it's different it's with sloppy. comics because you can it's just slot yeah with with i'm sure with music it's like the rest of the band's kind of Dude, you're a slow tonight. Right, right. But with comics, just me. Right. And yeah, I can slur or mess up or, but it, you know, I don't get drunk on stage yeah. anymore. I don't think. <laughs> For shows, open mics, baby. But yeah, no, it's, um, I think, yeah, there's a, there's a happy medium of getting loose. But I have fun when I'm drunk too. So I am up there. If I'm hosting, you know, I'm, I usually got something to say after everybody. If I'm, on my game i'm not just going up there just to like it spew hateful shit yeah 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 you know I, that's another thing too i think people are always like surprised about when they hear a comic tell like this same joke twice like i think there's some kind of mystical like fantasy about comics that every time they get on stage it's like all new material but really like for you like do you ever get tired of jokes that you wrote like a few years ago that are i'm sure they're still hilarious but like you told them so many times you know like you're like oh fuck i gotta tell this joke again yeah that like the like the um i almost said the veggies one but the like the uh i, I heard that one too yeah i just started that telling that one. one again because i haven't heard it so long i was yeah. like is this still funny that was and the one I, with I threw uh, it out there i don't want to fuck ruin the punchline. I, pro- I i did the other night i think but it was uh can i say it go ahead okay so you were like, there's a new female version of Dickies mm-hmm. that are called Badgies. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny, man. It's so, it's so throwaway. Yeah. It was silly, but it was funny. So that, that, that yeah. one, I, th- like, that's not me anymore. Right. Um, and the, um, the Arby's one too, like I've right. told that. But, uh, I worked with this other comic for years, Jared Harris, and he said, you know, I watched him do the same jokes a lot. And he's just, I have still have fun telling them. And that's what I do. I if yeah. I still have fun telling it, if I still like getting a laugh off these punchlines, then I'm gonna keep telling it. But there are some things that I am like, 
we'll we'll get swept under the rug, man. I'll, yeah. I'll forget about it. Well, I'm sure as you grow as a comedian too, like your jokes writing yeah. becomes more complex and you know, there's different things that you find funny, you grow mm-hmm. as a person and yeah, some jokes might not be relevant to your, you know, set after a while. Mm-hmm. Just evolving. My first 30 minutes is not my 30 minutes now, you know. Would you say I mean, would you say it's much strong much stronger? Yeah. I mean, yeah, have all that experience of And probably a lot of those jokes I threw out and I would bring ones in and throw them out and keep ones and it's always evolving. I feel like I never had like I probably wrote hours of material but that doesn't mean I I keep it or I think it's good anymore. I like yeah. to tell it or it's me on stage. You know, so it's really like I always feel like I just always have had 20 to 25 minutes. But when I do like the hours then that's when I can do stories and I can branch out and tell things that I you know more storytelling stuff I like. Yeah, that seems to be more of your style the storytelling as compared to quick punchlines yeah well last night all the comics were doing punchlines and getting laughs and i was in the back going i hate everybody here <laughs> <laughs> they're not gonna like my stories man they're they're they're, they're i feel like the crowd's ready to hear punchlines yeah. you know from every comic do you think um that has to do with like attention spans like attention spans have gotten shorter like i'm 34 you know, when I was younger, like there wasn't all this information being thrown at you all the mm-hmm. time. So I think maybe at that time, I, I don't know if I'm still like that. I think my attention span has deteriorated mm-hmm. actually, but like probably more inclined to listen to a longer joke or hear a longer song or watch a longer movie. And now like anything after a certain period of time, you're like, oh my God, how much longer is this? Yeah, you're I checking find, out, man. Find the next thing. Um, Yeah, I think it, the attention spans are shorter and but that's even for writers. Yeah. They're even right. My attention span for it is I want to hear a long joke. When there's somebody telling a story, I love it. Yeah. Like get into it. And and I had a we were watching a, actually me and my friend watching a Christian uh comedy special recently. Just to throw it on, he talked about it. Um so I'm listening to it and he's checked out and I go, This story's hilarious. Like it's about her like losing her husband in like after she buried him in the woods. Like she doesn't know where she put him, but he was so checked out earlier because she, he was she wasn't doing like punches or anything yeah. like that. She was just telling it funny, and I was you were I into was, it. I was into it, yeah. So it's it's an you say acquired taste for some, or is it that? Well, it's also mainstream? it's also how well are you, joke, are you are you telling told. it? You yeah, know? true. There's there's stories that I will tell because they have punchlines in them throughout. But now, like like this story about the statue, I don't have any punchlines in them yet. I'm still working it out, but finding the funny parts. And then later on, I'll go back and write something. It'll come to me one day, probably in the car. Yeah. I'll go, I should say this. That's funny. When you least expect it. Yeah. Like I said, I'll, I'll give it back, but I'll drill a hole in the back of its head to make it more real-like. <laughs> they laughed at it last night. Yeah. That, like that, That's a joke part of it. You right. Know? But that's not part of the story. So that's clever, man. So you kind of... I mean, I don't. I don't know if it's diminishing to call it a prop. Would you call it a prop? Well, I didn't bring it on stage, yeah. so no. <laughs> but I mean, you have this thing, and you're 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 kind of honing in on one thing, and then writing jokes about that thing. Yeah, yeah. Which it seems like, um, like uh, trying to like a like a, you're building your skills. I'm trying to think of a fucking word. I can't. I'm drawing blanks tonight. But like you're uh, honing your skills by. Picking one object, yeah, and writing jokes about that one thing. Sure, 
which is I'll do tough that, to do. I I'll do imagine. that at, at at comedy clubs, at rooms in the room. I'll point something out about you know something being off, and just and work with that. I'm trying to think, I don't have any. Oh, like last night, there was just small speakers. I was just joking about them being next to Kennedy Fried Chicken. Right. You know? I went there, man, like two weeks ago. I, like I went to the, in the one morning. in Kingston the other week. Oh, my God. I felt like shit in the morning. <laughs> it was so good that night. I walked in there. He had like 15 chicken pieces just there. And I go, I just walked up and I go, how much for all that? <laughs> and he goes, I can get you newer ones. I go, do that. <laughs> I went with my buddy, and whenever was we, it your first time? Believe it or not, yeah. Rick, get out of here! It was the first time I've ever eaten a Kennedy fried chicken. When I lived in Brooklyn, there was a place called Palace Chicken that we used to go to. It was like Kennedy fried chicken, mm-hmm. but as long as because Kennedy fried chicken, like Beacon's changed a lot. Mm-hmm. The one thing that remained was Kennedy fried. Well, not the one thing, but one of the few things that remained was Kennedy fried. Mm-hmm. And I've lived here for a while. I've never eaten Kennedy fried chicken. There's no need. Uh, my buddy, whenever we seem to hang out, we get hammered until like four in the morning. And uh, he's like, I'm hungry. He has this thing where he always makes grilled cheese sandwiches and tomato soup at three in the morning. <laughs> but he bought the bread and everything. And then he saw Kennedy fried and he's like, oh, let's go there. Hey, so, had, he, had he ever he, been there? No. Did he even know about the the the, the lure of it? Um, I think so because he did live in this area for a while, so okay. I'm sure he's seen it around. But he fucking ordered 21 pieces. Of That's chicken. what I ordered. <laughs> That's exactly I what like, I ordered. God damn! And um, I, we man, I don't think we even ate like a quarter of it. <laughs> no, like, <me> <laughs> I don't think we even ate it. Dude, my car smelled like it for yeah, two days. I was it just was in the car for that. 15 minutes. I was just gonna say that. My girlfriend, uh, when we came home and I finally went to bed, she's like, what's that smell? <laughs> she's like, I just smell you know. fucking chicken. <laughs> the and Kennedy, then it's, baby. It's, uh, it's potent, for sure. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, but their, their fries are... I mean, I stopped there because it was the only thing open. That's the thing. That's the thing. Cause especially here, everything closes kind of early for food. Yeah. So if it's like midnight or one in the morning, you don't have very many options. You have a diner? Yeah. Or... But at the Kennedy. diner here on Main Street closes. Is that the shiny one? Uh, Yankee Clipper. It's a great diner. That's uh, why, because it's a great diner. <laughs> they don't need to stay open all night. Yeah, exactly. You get the riffraff. They make money. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, it's like the only thing open. So you see those those uh, you know neon lights and you're pulled in to the that's, smell of I, the- That's what I did. I <laughs> In Kingston. Went, <laughs> How much for that? Give me all the chicken you got. I, 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 I was like... He's like, I can do uh, 10. I go, I need more. He goes, 15. I go, I need more. He goes, I do 21. I go, sold. Bingo. <laughs> uh, we're going to need more chicken. Um, so you're, t- you're saying like when you're telling these jokes, like some jokes you said for a while, mm-hmm. I mean, the energy of the audience too must feed into how like your delivery is. Like if you're, if the audience is like snoozing, mm-hmm. that's got to, affect your performance and your delivery to some point i would imagine and, or if they're really into it on the other side of the coin that i would i would imagine that would kind of like you know amp you up a little bit there's there's definitely like an awesome show that i have in my head where i like to tell the jokes this way with the people you know like feeding the energy this is my timing that's a great show when right. i can when i can do that now that doesn't always happen it's never going to go how it goes in your head so i've kind of gotten rid of like just having zero expectations you kind of have to do that right every time now just have zero 
no matter what, and just walk up, take a second or, or two on stage, figure out how I'm meeting everybody, essentially, um, and then going into the jokes how I want to do them. And usually the first one I will, it'll go the the, the beats how I hope that they're going to respond and, and take my pauses and, and get response back. Um, but then there's been times where I'm doing that and I'm doing that and I'm just like, this is not joke, joke, joke. This is not working. Right. And then I will just switch gears, switch gears and just kind of, st- and just, I'll, I'll almost call it out too. Like I can, I'll, I'll say this in a lot of my set, not, not to say I'm like bad, count, but just like, I can't tell if you guys like me or not. <laughs> And I could be doing well, and I'll still say that, like, when there's just a certain side, like, I can't, t- and that's usually when it loosens up. Do you probably get, like, an awkward giggle or something when you say that? Yeah, usually, yeah. I, if it's, like, a wired, a wired mic like this, I'll ask, like, does anybody remember my name? <laughs> and then I'll, if they if they don't, I just start wrapping it around my neck. I'm like, it's been a lot of fun. I'm just going to hang out here for the rest of the night as I'm tossing it up. But I have, like, just stopped and just changed my um, pacing. Yeah. And then just kind of let, let me talk, and then hopefully start getting some laughs back it happened recently at a um an american legion i was hosting i went up with the energy i wanted to and then was like this isn't what they want let me just start talking and then that and then that worked again so it's i have had to and if that doesn't go well then i'm then i'm mad (laughs) (laughs) then you break statues (laughs) (laughs) exactly and then i start doing jokes just that might just get a reaction out of them Mm. but i usually don't like to go down to that's that, your, that like, level last resort yeah so well i have other last resorts but <laughs> that's just from doing it for so long but you know it's like good show okay show or i, I hated them yeah so yeah so, so sometimes you just got to take a step back and kind of sort of take a deep breath kind Some of gauge the won't. crowd yeah they'll just keep plowing through yeah i don't like that i i i'll bleed <laughs> you know what i mean like i'm like last night i'm in the back thinking to myself like I can't believe I'm putting my uh, my ego in in these 21 people's hands right now. You know what I mean? Like uh, my myself. Uh, I don't know. I forget the word, but well, so if you do like, what's the high if you have a good set, and what's the low if you have like a decent or not so good set? Like, yeah. do you feel like elated when you get off the stage? And like, yes, I just fucking killed it. Yeah, yeah. And is it equally as um, like you know? Not, not defeating. I, was, I didn't want to use like, to, but I know like what that feeling is like to have a show where you're like, you just get off the stage and you're like that did not go well. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And um, I'm not happy about. Yeah, it. and then you kind of like rack your brain to say like, well, what what went wrong and what can I yeah. fix and what can I tweak to make that? Because that's part of it too. Is like you, it's there's so many um, things that happen when you're on stage that you don't really prepare for, but then you learn from that experience and then next time you know you're more. Um, inclined to deal with it better. Yeah, so. like I was like that drink thing. You know, yeah. it took me a while to get to that the first time I did it, but then when I now I know I can use it earlier and, and look more professional. Um, but to, to go back to what you're saying, um, I forget what you, you asked me something in the beginning. I had. A, I, had a, I was just wondering, like, uh, when you get off stage, like how you're feeling. Like you must be elated if you have a great set, and if you did, if you don't. And when you get off stage, like how your mind processes, oh, right. like I'll give myself as much time as I was on stage to be mad. Yeah. Like if I'm up there for seven minutes, I'll give myself seven minutes to like process it, think about it and yeah. be angry. And then after that, it's like, you got it. You just move on from it. Unless it's, unless it's something really happened in the set where it's like, yeah, 
your friends are coming up to you like, did did you really say this? Devastating. <laughs> but um, if it's a longer set, thirty minutes, yeah, if it doesn't go that well, but you know, that's usually if there's just a, I'll start well, there might be a lull, that always happens, and then at the end, end well, that's ideal. That's a good philosophy. I mean, in terms of what you're saying, like dwelling on it only for a certain period of time. Yeah. Because for me, I know that I would be like dwelling on it and dwelling on it and like people what, will yeah like what can i like what the fuck like because you you put so much practice into it mm-hmm. that it's like you know you expect when you get on stage for it to go seamlessly but it never does Mm-mm. so yeah but that's i like that philosophy like as long as you're on stage that's how long you'll you'll dwell on it and then you move past it and you know you just learn from it exactly yeah that's i forget i did that early in my career um yeah, man. I think that's that's a really good philosophy. Um, were you uh, a funny kid? Were you like, did you, your your parents give you a lot of positive reinforcement of, mm. uh, Ryan's so funny. Maybe I got positive reinforcement from friends. The group I would hang out with those would be like kind of the nerdy goofballs in high school. And then I started hanging out with like more skater uh, friends in like high like high school so i was funny in that group but then i really at college is where you started to shine i really got a lot of positive feedback just joking and always being on i think i was i think i was way funnier when i like that last semester of college than i am now (laughs) like i really think but but that could have been just me around my friends and knowing them so well and knowing what's gonna make them laugh right um but my parents I don't know. I don't know if they gave me positive reinforcement. I don't, I don't know if I ever tried to be funny in front of them. Yeah. Um, but I always know like annoying my sister was a thing that, <laughs> you know, don't, don't encourage him. You know, people like yeah. laugh at them like, well, ooh, this is funny. You know? <laughs> that might be the, the one thing of getting attention. I think that's um, probably true. Like anyone who performs, right? Cause yeah. they're like looking for some sort of attention. Yeah, exactly. So, like if you were to give them some kind of therapy or analysis, that's what it boils down yeah, to. Yeah, really, honestly. Um, last night, sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I want attention. <laughs> like, yeah. Sometimes you get really nervous before you go on stage, man. It's like, do you, you want to do? You want to do well? Yeah. Last night I wanted to do well. I didn't think that I was going to do well because I, I thought that the crowd liked these jokes. I right. did well in the end, and I got everybody to be quiet. That's hard at a bar, isn't it? Yeah, really hard. I, yeah. That's like a win right there. Yeah, man. Um, when I would do like acoustic shows in the bar, one of the things was that we would just get drowned out by sound, by the mm-hmm. people drinking and cheersing mm-hmm. and la- yelling. That yeah, it's hard. I you know now that you, that you say that, I would imagine as a as a stand up, just somebody up with a mic, like it's kind of like you have to tell everyone to like simmer down for a little bit. There's a show going on, but you can't even say that. No, also right. Just like breaking the fourth wall of like, Hey, listen to me. I'm yeah, yeah. with the microphone. I got, I'm the best one here. True. And there's no, um, you have to like prove it. What do you call the, is it just the host? The person that comes up and introduces everyone? Yeah. They're the host. Yeah. They're also a comic too. So was it like, they're a host last night. Like, is there, cause I would imagine at a bar or something, it would be that person's job to be like, all right, everybody shut the fuck up. The comic is. Yeah. And I've been that person. I've yeah. said, I've said, Hey, I don't care if you talk during my set. That's fine. Yeah. But some people drove here. They, they, they're working on stuff. They didn't write you in. Talk, right. talk to me. I don't care, but everybody else should get your, your attention and your yeah. respect. Definitely, man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's a, that's a tough environment to uh, to really get to pipe down and yeah. listen to someone talk. 
I did um I did a gig up in New Pulse when I first got back here. My friend, he's in a band and he was like, "My band's playing at this fundraiser in New Pulse. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do time in between?" I was like, I was yeah. looking for stage cuz like I said there was nothing here. So yeah, I was, yeah. was go- I was going to have to worry about hitting up bands for stage time. So I went up there. It wasn't a band. <laughs> it was just um the lead singer and his brother. And it was a cystic fibrosis fundraiser. Okay. So I walk up there and they're like, there's no stage. They're just playing by the door. And I'm thinking, all right, well, everybody will at least listen to the band. Right? He gets up there. He's like, hey, everybody, we're the blah, blah, blah band. It's good to be here. <laughs> and he starts playing. And I look around and I'm like, nobody cares. He's just, he's here to play background <laughs> music. Yeah. He's just here to play background for this yeah. fundraiser. Like there's no, I shouldn't. I should leave right now. Yeah. But I waited, I waited and I was like, leave while you can. Yeah. But he could, <laughs> but before he can go, like, like he called me up and I was like, I'll go up and talk to him. But before he can even get to him, he's like, he welcomes me up to the, oh, to the mic. Too late. And I look around and it's just, I'm holding a microphone. <laughs> Next thing Four people know. are looking at me. This bar is completely packed and I just start talking. And I know that there's like, um, amplifiers in the back, speakers in the back. So I'm just telling jokes. And then I remember this like young couple left. They're like, "You're you're so funny. You're doing great. <laughs> Will you stay?" Like, <laughs> yeah. I yelled at a guy. I go, yes. "Don't tease me with eye contact." Like, <laughs> so sometimes there's that, and you're just like, "I feel like I'm failing as a wedding DJ right now." Um, do you get do you get anxiety, man? Do you get any like jitters? Yeah, you, yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, does that do you, does that subside as the Show goes on. I wish I could just like wake up two minutes into my set. Yeah. It, Cause I, I know like, like I was saying in the beginning, like I'm doing the welcoming out to everybody. Like I just want to know where I stand with everybody. Right. So you need that. <laughs> That's what I'm like waiting on. A little bit of time to kind of gauge the room, gauge the crowd, get your grounding, like feel out. Yeah. You know, but I don't jokes. like doing that. I don't yeah. like thinking about it while I'm in the, while I'm in the showroom. Cause then I can see what they like or they don't like. If like the time when I went up to Kingston, I just pulled right in. I threw the guy who called me. My, my I did that move. Park my car. <laughs> like ran inside. Ran inside. The girl was getting off stage, and and then the host brought me up. But uh, that's the, I like that. But because there was no anxiety. Maybe on the ride up, like I hope I get there on time. Yeah. But that went great, and I just started talking to people. And you're like, I've done this before. Just keep doing it. Maybe that's the key. Show up like yeah, but I can't. That's so unprofessional. Ten, ten seconds before you're supposed to go on stage. Yeah, <laughs> I can never do that. Yeah. So it's like, I, I I remember when I started, I didn't want to have like a routine, right? Where I needed something before I got on stage because I know that that's never gonna, that's not gonna be feasible to do that ever. I need a Red Bull. I need this. I right, need a right. shot of this and and my wish. Now I'm now I'm funny. If yeah, I drink yeah. it this way, I'm funny. Now it's just no expectations and just deal with it, Ryan. Yeah, no expectations. I think that's a good philosophy, man. Because you know, I mean, every time you perform, something different is going to get thrown at you. So. It's never the same show. Yeah. That's why I don't like my videos because that's not what happens all the time. <laughs> well, make some or you know, take them down. You could tweak them. Sure, but, yeah. I mean, I think I think they're funny. Thank you. Uh, I Thank mean, you. that was my introduction. I, le- I to, left them up there because I yeah I knew that they were good. Yeah, how'd you find out? How did I find out about you? Yeah, I searched for Hudson Valley. Because I wanted to have a comedian on the show. Mm-hmm. I've had uh, all different people on the show. I noticed, yeah. And uh, I wanted to have 
uh, comedian. So I looked for comedians locally. Yeah. And I came across your profiles. Cool. And um, that was it, man. Awesome. Yeah. But then I, you know, I tried to do some research and I started watching uh, some of your clips and I'm like, ah, he's like really funny. (laughs) So um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad you came and drove from uh, Middletown. Middletown. Yeah. (laughs) Eighty four. Another another world over the Hudson. Yeah, man. Yeah. I remember I was in uh, Watervliet, way upstate, not way upstate, but Albany. People know it's like, it's basically Troy. Yeah, yeah. But Troy's on the other side of the river. Like, it's totally yeah. two different things, man. Well, you got to say that, right? Like, when you're out of town, I always tell people, like, no one knows Beacon. No. Like, usually when you're, I'm out of state, you know, yeah. like, I'm like, oh, you know, Poughkeepsie. Most people know Poughkeepsie. Yeah. Um, Catskills. Catskills. Because I've been around the country and I'll say New York and immediately they go right to the boroughs. Yeah. And I and so I've I've keep having to change it until I moved back here. I was like, no, I wait, I live in the Hudson Valley. Just tell people the Hudson Valley. Yeah, yeah, that's what I started because I would too. do like upstate, but downstate. I would say yeah. downstate New York. Like, MCs didn't know, hosts didn't know how to bring me up because I was so, like, I'm not New York, but I'm not upstate. We're a weird area right. between. <clears throat> but what's funny is if you live in the city, um, people in the city call this upstate. But yep. then I've had friends from Buffalo, and they're like, "That's not fucking upstate. No, not We're at all. upstate. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, it is. Weird. It's it's just north. It's, yeah. It's, you're lucky you can get here by train from the city. Yeah. Know? Like, well, the Mon goes way up, way up, but the one to Amtrak. Track, yeah. The the New Jersey Transit will go to like Port Jervis. Um, so I, that's always bothered me is is having like, I'm sure other states you can't do that. Here it's like New York. It's got to be an explanation. <laughs> where you i can never just say new york and they go cool right right it's always another yeah two minute conversation it's a diverse state because uh, yeah you're in the, the city and you drive an hour and a half two hours and you're in a farm and yeah, yeah it's well i guess that that's probably anywhere but true but um yeah i've i feel like that too like i always have to explain to people i don't live in the city when i'm out of town um i some of your promos for your shows seem like you and your buddies hanging out in college. There was one where you were like, you guys were on like in the living room. You're doing a promo for a show. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? The Devin and Ryan show. Yes. Yeah, I can't even remember that promo. Uh, I, just I remember. remember sitting, the I think clip. we were drinking milk or something. I think I, I'm trying. I'm trying to recall, and I think you possibly were. Yeah, that's when I lived in Atlanta. Um, and the ones I do now on my Facebook are like. Me and my friend Andy will put a bunch of them out. Um, usually, yeah, I never know how to promote. I Nobody taught me how to promote Promotions. myself. Yeah, it's so a tricky thing. It's like, how do you want to be, you know, just there's the camera. Here we are chilling. Come to the show. Here's all yeah. the information. I'll probably superimpose it. The thing is, uh, yeah, I think people are more inclined to see a video than probably to read a flyer. A flyer, or yeah. There's so much information that... They see on Facebook and stuff, but like a quick, you know, couple second video. That's a good idea, man. Do you like to do um, like sketch stuff? Yeah, we have a couple written um, and and um, filmed and edited, just not released yet. We're waiting for like maybe like five or six to have. I think we have like three or four. What's it? Is there a premise to it? Or um, can you we're talk under about it? we're under uh, more than jokes. That's a that's what I work with with Andy at. Um, so that's what people could search for. And yeah, find your your 
are they skits or oh, I don't know. There'll be sketches. Sketches, yeah, sketches. Sketches. Um a couple are funny. My friend Ray wrote a couple. Um there's one with like us pretending to be robbers and you know, like a like a team meeting about that. <laughs> um another one that we uh made where he's uh his like son wants to be like him, so he starts training him and uh <laughs> I can't I can't tell the end of that one, but that's funny. Um, another one, we just did a cooking show where it's like him and his wife are together, but then, you know, in the intro, it looks all this and it's just like cooking for two. Now it's just boom, only him. So it's like, <laughs> he's all depressed. Um, so just trying to get those out, but we That's have cool, them, man. we have them all filmed. I wish I had them out by the time uh, we did this. Are those impromptu sort of improvisational videos or are those things that you're really planning out first and writing dialogue yeah. for and stuff? Yeah. We're writing them out. Yeah. Trying to, trying to plan with a lot of people is really tough when there's, yeah. there's no budget. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have done, Oh, I'll be in the, um, I'm in that Paterno movie. Uh, no shit. Yeah. I'm in the background. <laughs> All right. Well, Hey man, you're still in the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's the, uh, that's so, uh, with Pacino, right? Pacino. Yeah. yeah. I'll, that's I'll, like, out. Isn't that out? I think, I think next month. Okay. That's on April. HBO. H- HBO. Yeah. Okay. So, I've applied for a lot of things and that was the first one that it's like, Hey, you're finally, you finally looked the part, which is just a college kid. That's, so I showed up. It's awesome. I'm 30 years old thinking I'm going to be around like other people that look like college. No, I was just yeah. hanging around college kids. Well, you have <laughs> a young look to you, Yeah, I which did. is good. I'm, that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. At my new job at the first day, the one guy's like, how old are you? I was like, I'm 30. He goes, I thought you were like 18. So he starts grabbing people into the office going, guess his age. Guess his age. Uh, what do you do for, for that job, man? Uh, right now, I've done uh, temp work for yeah. the county, Orange County, for a good number of years now. Yeah. So. Well, you have to uh, pay the bills. Exactly. Somehow, yeah. yeah. So that's I've been hanging around hudson valley for last couple months because i've had these jobs and it's like this is consistent but you know when this ends i gotta start planning out another tour or two hell yeah man you should do it what's uh what do you want to do next like where do you want to tour where do you want to go um there's a couple of goals i have here in the hudson valley like i want to perform at the paramount theater Mm. in middletown definitely that's 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 one i really want to do um and then i definitely want to I haven't done I've so I've done 35 states. A good group of them is this um the New England area. So I want to I want to get I want to get to those uh coming up. And I want to do um colleges. Yeah. I do want to get into that. Yeah. Um there's some good money there. I don't want to do cruises. <laughs> oh man. But I I, I do want to ideally it'd be nice to go out for 2 weeks, come back like you have, have, the have money to fly yeah. this time instead of doing the driving. Right. Because that's what kills you, man. The driving? The drive, yeah. Like, just... Especially going across the cans this... in the backseat. What's that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fussing around in the backseat. So he gave me his iPad one time. He was yeah. like, you can look for my iPad. Immediately I grab it and I look for that, um, what is love? Oh, he yeah. doesn't have it. He no, didn't know. No. He probably gets pissed when people ask him that i know <laughs> but i that's the first thing you i do look that for night it. at the roxbury thing yeah <laughs> where you bob your head um yeah man i think i where the hudson valley when I, as a kid all i wanted to do was leave the hudson valley right that's um, why i went to south carolina man. yeah and as an adult i've seen it with different eyes it's a beautiful mm-hmm. area mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it is close to so much like yeah it's uh 
you know, it's a long drive to Boston, but you could get there, you know, in the morning if, yeah. you, need, if you needed to. Uh, you know, you could go to New Haven, you could go to Hartford, you could go to the New York City, you know. Um, there's there's Jersey, um, Jersey Shore, like there's so there, it's just a central location where there's so many areas where you could play, where you could do mini tours, mm-hmm. you know, and go out for a few days and come back, fly or drive, you know. Yeah. It's, it's a good spot for it. It is. That's what so, I liked about Atlanta. That was yeah. a great hub. Too. Yeah, Atlanta. I was an hour and a half from uh, Chattanooga, from Huntsville, a um, couple hours from uh, Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. And then Myrtle Beach was six hours, and then there's Florida. So I really, that was a lot of fun doing the South and just hitting that up for like a week. And then the Midwest was a little different. That wasn't my, um, I don't have too many connections out there. Yeah. But I liked it. But you have the connections, you know, in Atlanta, right? I do. And uh, yeah. the Carolinas. So, yeah. you know, if you wanted to go do some shows down there. I Th- mean, that's the ones where I, where I hit them up real quick. Yeah, and then man. and then they get canceled. And I lose my yeah. fucking wallet. <laughs> so I got that wallet yeah. back six months later yeah. at the next at the next race. At the ne- Was all right. your shit in it? Yeah. Wow. All of it. Cash? Yep. 200 Damn. bucks, man. Wow. Some honest people in the world. Yeah. Well, it was in, we stay in the suites. So they don't. Like the races every like six months, you know. Yeah. So they reopened again, and they're like, "Hey, we got all your f- uh, like. Are you still here?" And oh, I was that's like, lucky. I lost that six months ago. Damn, damn. Yeah, I mean, hey man, if you let it go and it comes back to you, yeah, it's meant to be. It was. It was meant to be. <laughs> I still. The great thing is, I was so mad because I lost my like student ID from college in there. Yeah. And that can still that still works for me. Get you discounts. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I was really disappointed about is like not having that. <laughs> honestly <laughs> oh man you have to uh did you um chalk your id in college did you still have the ids back then that yeah. you could chalk they yeah. used to be so easy to chalk i know i was 87 so here's the thing you know how old i look now imagine me yeah you must have looked like a elementary at, eight, school kid. at 18 19 <laughs> telling people that i was like because yeah. 87 They're you had like, to chalk it at 81 21 <laughs> i had to go over i had to go way over i had to look i had to tell me i was 25 or 26 and they were were they buying it i mean in albany they were yeah in That's albany college they town yeah. yeah they probably see that's why but then yeah, all the time in like middletown it was like the one place that would sell is like get out of here as fast as you can you're not 21 yeah well ryan we talked about a lot of things man Uh, yeah is there anything we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about um about comedy or about anything could be anything turn the mic over to you let you uh steer the ship um how long have you been doing the transmitter podcast (sighs) we've been doing the transmitter podcast for a little over a year is it a group of you? Um, no, it's me. It's you? Yeah. And it started with that magazine, which no one yes. can see. But we used to do a print magazine that was four times a year um, that was fiction and poetry and art. And it just became too much to do the, that magazine. So we pulled the plug on the print. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the interim of doing that, I started the podcast. Yeah. And I kept that going because I enjoyed doing it and i enjoy talking to people yeah no i and, I've, um, I've listened in man you, you, cool you're, you're on your game i was like oh this isn't this isn't just some bs well i try um to like i think the first few minutes people listen to a podcast they're gonna know if they want to listen to more like if yeah. they're gonna like it you yeah know what i mean 
And it's probably like when you tell a joke, right? And you have like an inside joke with your buddies. It's hilarious for you guys. Yeah. But when yeah. you get on stage, nobody's going to laugh because they're that not story, in on the joke. The statue story, man. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll, I send that to my friends. They're like, this is, this is funny. <laughs> I mean, like to you, it's funny because you know me. Right. But that's, that's where that's, you want to be relatable to everybody. Exactly. So there's some podcasts, you know, that's just like buddies bullshitting and, um, stuff like that. I'm not knocking them. Um, but I think like if you're not in on the joke, like people are going to like tune out because of that. Like mm-hmm. you need to. So I, when I get somebody and I'm fascinated by people's creative processes. So like I try to like get all the background on that person. So everyone listening could like get an idea of who that person is. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But uh, a, a buddy of mine uh, called my podcast like NPR. <laughs> And uh, he, I think he was trying to say that as like a jab, but I was like, no, nah, it kind of no, is not, like NPR. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not trying to be like fucking shock jock, like pod, like, I don't know. I'm not trying to be like, you're not, yeah, you didn't come here to tase me, man. That's no, great. <laughs> and there's, yeah, I'm not going to tase you, but, um, I will have to beat you with a golf club when we leave. I <laughs> yeah. forgot to tell you any comedian that comes on. <laughs> yeah, New tradition. Tortured. <laughs> well, I hope that other comedians bring you statues. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> oh man but that's um, cool that's yeah. cool that you you've been working at this yeah it's um we uh it's it's a labor of love man yeah exactly you know? and um i get to meet some cool people and um you know there's so many people like you're saying the hudson valley is so big there's a lot of creative people in the hudson valley yeah man. and whereas in like the city they're all condensed they're all spread out here so people might not know about, you know, so-and-so doing this cool thing. And that's kind of what this is about to kind of let people know that there's cool shit going on here. Yeah. When I was reading the guests and all the, all the info about, it, I was like, I looked up the, um, the other guests you had her book, the Hudson Valley zombie thing. Oh yeah. She was great. I was like, okay. Linda Zimmerman. Yeah. She's, she's awesome, man. Um, yeah, she's a UFO investigator, a paranormal investigator mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. Interesting person, super smart. So that was, that was a great, great interview yeah yeah we've had all sorts of people on man i try to have like a diverse group uh people on that's what i like that's as soon as i saw it and looked it up i was like that's that's great for the hudson valley man awesome man well thanks for coming to do the show thank you for having me yeah this was a blast all right man and uh just while i have you on here just one last time uh, upcoming shows upcoming shows uh roast madness is the big one coming up at uh the art society of Kingston in Kingston on March 31st and the finals is on April 13th. I'll be hosting both of those. There's a show I have in New York city at stand up New York at 6 PM on April 28th. And then I know I'm at suffer in New York at the Rhino comedy club at 7 PM on Saturday, March 24th. Awesome. All right, Ryan, uh, anyone listening, check out Ryan Denisco. He's hilarious. And uh, check out one of his upcoming shows. All right, man. Mic drop. (laughs) Peace out, Transmodians.